Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. So, so we uh, love your emails. We get your emails. We read your emails. And uh, we get occasional emails that we want to share with all of you guys. And so I'm going to read one, and Julie's not prepared for this. I'm going to read it anyway. Um, actually, Julie, I forwarded this one to you. I did not ask uh, Timothy, I know he's a listener, oh, permission to read I did, this. Yeah. Did you, I know who you're talking you about, me, and I did respond. Uh, okay, can you do me a favor and read his email, but don't read his last name unless he gave us permission to use his email, which I never, didn't ask. I assume you didn't ask. So you can read, could please read his email. And then listeners, we're going to get back to what we started yesterday. Um, and that topic was, of course, the 12 strategies to stop toxic people from driving you nuts. <laughs> All right. So Not that really, that ever happened, read, but okay. No, read read <laughs> yeah. Timothy's email and let's respond to it because this and we share the emails that we think will have uh, a broad impact on all of you guys. We'll read those to you and do as we are now. Um, and then a lot of the other emails, you know, between Julie and I, we probably get twenty or thirty a day. We respond to most of those directly, like right away. They're short usually. If you want answers right away, just send us short emails, Tim at timandjulieharris.com or Julie at timandjulieharris.com. And then occasionally come across little gems like this one, which will be beneficial to probably tens of thousands of you who are listening. Julie? Yes. Okay. Uh, He writes, hello, Tim and Julie. Tim, I really like your name. Julie's is not bad, but your name is the best. (laughs) I am a stay-at-home dad with little kids. I'm planning on becoming a real estate agent when the girls start school about three years out. I started listening to your podcast recently and love it. No bullshit information in a profession that feels like it's full of it. I hope I can be a no bullshit real estate agent that others can trust. My sister is also becoming an agent in another market. She just passed her exams. I purchased Terrace Rules for her. I can't wait to read it. Now that I have, uh, now that I have the life story, finally my question, are there other books or resources or anything else I can do in the next two to three years to prepare myself to hit the ground running? Thanks again, you guys. Rock. God bless. From Tim. So, Tim, in this order, number one, um, get your real estate license now. Don't wait two or three years. Number two, start doing BPOs. Don't, you don't have to do a crap ton of them, but start doing BPOs. You need to learn the market. Number three, you need to, learn, uh, you need to start learning how to over the phone prospect and how, how to proactively lead generate. Those are the three things I would do. As far as basic things you should be reading, um, it really is difficult for me to suggest you any books because so many of the books that are popular in real estate meander into this whole mindset thing, which is basically a distraction for people to take action. Ooh, that's good. Uh, you write that one down, Julie. <laughs> that's, that's what happens when I have a cup and a cup and a cow. Yeah, exactly. So, but the, as far as the um, uh, books that I would suggest, I really like Ryan holidays. Ego is the enemy book. Um, I always, uh, Ryan's got another book. What's it called? Uh, so many of you right now are saying it, Tim, it's called, um, the ego. What is it? Something is the way Julie, can you research that real quick? That's another good Ryan book. Uh, yeah. So the first one is You're talking about, I will get it. Yep. yep. The first one is, uh, ego is the enemy. I'll tell you another book that this one might be a little bit more. Um, I don't mean this condescendingly, but it might be a little bit more advanced for you, but it's a good place to start. We recommend, uh, profits aren't everything. They're the only thing. 
That's a very hardcore business book, which is frankly offensive to probably 80% of the people I've ever referred it to, but I'm going to keep referring it uh, because it really does cut through all the bullshit and gives you the real bottom line of running a business, which by the way, the title should be your tip off what the book is about. <laughs> you know, profits aren't uh, everything. They're the only thing that really kind of like, you know, says what it is, but go ahead and get that book too. Um, there's other books that I've read uh, that would be helpful to somebody who had a little bit more experience with dealing with customers and whatnot, but really you're, you know, as you decide to start scaling your practice, but really the main thing is, is you have to learn the market because no one's going to want to, you're, you're not going to want to do business with people. You're going to do a little, you know, self-sabotaging flaky things to avoid conversations with people about real estate and about helping other people. If you're not comfortable with your a level of knowledge about the marketplace, um, and, uh, you know, so you, you're claiming you don't want to be a bullshitty agent. Well, the best way for you not to ever have to be in a situation where you're bullshitting somebody is to really become an expert at the market. Really no better way than that than doing BPOs. That's the reason that most every new agent should have a foundation of their first income book being BPOs. And by the way, Tim, they pay you along the way. So you're not working for free. Um, and, uh, I think those are probably those three things would be the things I would focus on primarily and definitely the over phone, over the phone prospecting. That's becoming a lost art, which I mean, from a competitive perspective, if if I were getting into real estate now and I looked around the horizon and I attended seminars where people were using law of attraction, Mickey Mouse, and they were telling agents to buy buyer leads and all this other stuff. I'll tell you what, I would just be so happy to see all these people that are getting all this shitty information because nobody, that means that people aren't going to be prospecting. That means that there's going to be just, you know, this is me as an individual practitioner being a competitor, right? This is how I think, not as a coach, but it's how I think as an agent. I would absolutely positively do the exact opposite of whatever else is doing. And whatever else is doing is basically buying leads and looking for easy buttons. So do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And that really comes a lot from uh, essentially learning to be a, a really good at knowing the market. Like I said, that's through BPOs. That's the best crash course in that. And then learning how to proactively lead generate. That's a nice way of saying learn how to prospect. Now don't, okay, here's another one. Um, uh, da, 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 Jeb Blunt's book, Julie. Fanatical Prospecting. Uh, fanatical Prospecting, yeah. yes, that would be great. Right. It, and what what was Ryan's, that's a great book too, listeners and Tim. And uh, Julie, what was the other Ryan book? The Obstacle uh, is the Way. The Obstacle that's is the it. Way, yes. And you know, yep. the real estate treasure map is never too early to do that, even though he's not officially launched yet, because it does cause you to be introspective about what real estate is supposed to provide for you and your family. It causes you to think about and create a schedule. It has financial worksheets so that you can get to the that's bottom true. of that. So I think I would recommend that as well, not just because we wrote it, but <laughs> because that helps any agent. And I, I really like getting them started out right before they develop any bad habits. Yeah. So don't wait. I, I'll tell you the one thing I fear of, about your question is that you seem to be showing signs of the getting ready to get started to think about it for a while and planning and master. You seem to be in your very question. I, I appreciate it, but also I'm reading between the lines using my coaching brain and you seem to be somebody who's a procrastinator, uh, which is going to be a mistake. You won't succeed at anything in life if you continue to operate like that. So as you learn, what Julie, what's that Maya Angelou quote that you like you're putting into our new book? Pray with your feet. Um, when you pray, when you pray, move your feet. Yeah, exactly. So there's hopefully we didn't. Well, we intended to fire hose you with uh, potential things to expand your thinking and learning. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. So, Julie, let's get back unless you have some other things from Facebook and whatnot you'd like to uh, I just have a quick one. ruminate on. Um, sure. Yes. Teresa Mesmer writes. 
So it's raining and cold. Lord knows I don't want to do what I don't want to do. What am I doing? I'm door knocking my area for expired listings from three to six months ago and already got two appointments. So nice job doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it, even when it's raining and cold. So I just had to point that out and highlight the fact that she took action anyway. Uh, Let's see. We referred to the Harris Rules book a few times there. And if you guys don't have that yet, get on over to Amazon and either download it, get the hard copy, or listen in Audible. Just a quick review from Elizabeth Richardson, who I think just is an excellent writer, by the way. Harris Rules provides an unceasingly optimistic, easily accessible, no-nonsense guide to building a real estate business for both aspiring and experienced entrepreneurs. Julian Tim Harris's infectious optimism belies the difficulty of implementing the clear, concise daily, monthly, and annual goals they recommend to their readers. However, their refreshingly honest take-no-prisoners approach, punctuated by delightful acronyms that make their good advice easier to remember, makes Harris Rules a must-read for real estate entrepreneurs. Nicely done, Elizabeth. We appreciate you. You so, need to clip yes, that, that one. Was... You need to clip do. that one and use, it, and use that on the back cover of the new book. That was really well written. I, I'm going to do that. Uh, and then one more, because I thought this was interesting, and I also know who this is, by S. Mann. Uh, writes, although this book is geared towards realtors, I feel that the practices can fit any entrepreneur's life. I am a transaction coordinator and absolutely love this book. This book sets your mindset right and gets you moving in the right direction. So thank you for that. I believe Sarah is S's name. (laughs) Um, And yes, I love that review. So on to the continued discussion of what to do about toxic people. And I think we're going to start probably on point number seven when you're ready yeah go for it okay so we're talking about action steps what is your strategy to remove the toxic from your life point number seven if you missed the rest you listen to yesterday's podcast focus on what's going right more than what's going wrong gratitude grace and giving will prevail when you focus on what you're here to give more than what's here to take when someone slips through your filter but they're still your client, especially when you have them in contract. It's your job to follow through for them. Be the solution, not a continuation of the problem. Get back to to a place of being of service. Sometimes you have to get out of your own way, and this means setting your ego aside and simply doing your job. Your clients trust you to lead the way even if they don't verbalize this to you. They don't know how to ask for help, but they do know that but you need to know that they crave your leadership, even if they don't tell you that. Profit is the result of your leadership and your skill. So when you're in it, you have to be the leader. Don't be part of the problem. Anything you want to add to that, Tim? Um, show emotion without being emotional, I think. I mean, that's, I was just having a coaching call uh, with uh, a great guy in, up in Washington State. Yeah, and uh, he is a lot like Many folks that have no filter between essentially absorbing other people's emotions, it's a very common thing that people do. They think, you think, um, in, in life in general, with your friends and family and loved ones, that's how you should be, assuming they're not, you know, leeches who essentially have made a profession of essentially dumping their emotional garbage on your doorstep, which is unfortunately the case for a lot of people. But in uh, professionally, you should not absorb other people's emotions. And saying that sounds callous, but it's true. So you have to learn how to have very high walls of uh, to protect yourself. Otherwise, you're going to burn yourself out. We talk about this on the podcast all the time. When you look at why you feel the way you feel at the end of the day, when you're thinking about that second glass of wine, for example, what is it that you're trying to mute in yourself? It's probably just the raw emotions you've absorbed throughout the day. If you don't have strategies specifically to protect yourself, 
from other people's sort of emotional miscreants, you're going to discover that you won't have anything left for yourself or your family. Um, little tips for that, and there's a lot more about this in Premier Coaching, obviously, but just for the sake of the podcast, the main thing is show emotion without being emotional, as I already said. The next thing is learn how to say things that show that you care without you having to basically fillet yourself emotionally for the sake of their problem. Because when you do, you become ineffective, not just for you, for the real estate transaction, for the service you're supposedly providing to them, but for your family and for yourself as well. I hate for you that this is happening, Mr. Seller, Mrs. Seller. It, you know, Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I, I hate the fact that you guys are going through this, but this is what we need to do now. I wish you guys weren't experiencing this right now. It just, I have to tell you, my wife and I are just really distraught about the fact, and we're going to pray for you, but this is what needs to happen now. See, show emotion without being emotional. You cannot lament in their emotions. You cannot become, uh, and don't try to coach them. A lot of you guys meander into that realm too. Too many Dr. Phil books are filling your head and you're trying to basically be their coaches, their counselors. That's not your job. Your job is to provide service, real estate transaction, get the process closed smoothly, make sure all the laws are followed, net the seller the most amount of money, the least amount of time, the least amount of hassle. That's what you get paid for. And then do protect yourself. A normal professional, a nurse, a doctor, you know, people like that, they have been trained um, to be in situations that are high, highly emotional and yet not absorb them. At least the good ones have, right? Now you can go too far and you've all come across probably doctors that are a little bit too you know, emotionally detached. I'm not suggesting that. But I am suggesting is, yes, your emotions and your ability to be empathetic towards other people are probably some of your greatest strengths, but they also can be some of your greatest weaknesses if you don't protect yourself. Next point, Julie. Yes, excellent. Uh, very well said. So point number eight, know that you're in good company. There's not a top producing agent in the country who hasn't had to deal with toxic people. The best ones learn from those relationships and take steps to minimize them in the future. I just had a conversation with a great agent and broker in Bozeman, Montana about this. She was having some challenges and, you know, we talked about the fact that, you know, agents that do like three or four deals a year with their friends and family don't usually run into much of that. But as you're dealing with more volume, more transactions, more working parts, of course you're going to have things go sideways sometimes. Sometimes that's with another agent. Sometimes with it's, it's a client. Sometimes it's with yourself. But you're in good company. So make sure you're learning from it and moving forward. Point number nine, challenge yourself to make it a game of being one step ahead until you close. This Bozeman agent was telling me she's about to list a $2 million residential beautiful home but that the sellers are a little bit high maintenance. Well, challenge yourself to make it a game, being one step ahead till you close. Remember that what you're making to deal with the situation. You're being paid for your expertise. Chances are you're still making really good money per hour, so put on those big girl panties and get to work, one of my coach's sayings. Okay, so point number 10. Do you say that to men? <laughs> Only if I have to. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, you can borrow that if you want. All right. So number 10, know that nine out of I'm not borrowing your bit. What are we talking about? Now you're telling me to borrow your, your big, big girl, girl panties? Dude, this conversation has gotten really weird. Thing. Oh, Julie. Wow. Now that you're now a year older and you're really taking the gloves off. I, well, I have, I have to keep up with your caffeine intake, so that's okay. That's true. So, Hold on as I have 10. another swallowed coffee. <laughs> yes. I'll give you a break. Know that nine out of 10 times, toxic people don't mean it. Real estate is far more stressful to the average Joe or Josephine than it is to you. It's the biggest, most serious transaction they've ever done, and for some of them, the biggest one they ever will do. 
the tendency is to freak out and become unglued, not to become a meditative, calm Buddha during the transaction. <laughs> Be there for your clients, as if even if they're driving you crazy, they're stressed. Have some compassion. I mean, Tim, I don't know if you remember. Whenever I, I read through that point, I remember we had a transaction once, and the house was in Gahanna. It was about 450000 And the guy was relocating in. And it was like the world's most perfect transaction. There was nothing wrong except what he wanted to make wrong. He was just one of these real stress monger types. And I remember it was so bad that I'm pretty sure I actually deleted him from our database because I didn't want to, like, spend money on the postcards and the communication with him. And then, like, four years later, they called a list with us. I don't know if you remember this guy. And you and I were both really shocked because we hadn't communicated. We kind of felt like his, his deal was this crazy deal. And I will never forget, we went there, we took the listing. He was getting relocated back out of Columbus, and his wife's walking us to the car. And I had to ask, like, I'm, I'm curious, you know, what decided, you know, why did you decide to call us back? And I remember she said, well, you know, I know he's a jerk. You know he's a jerk. You guys are the only one who has ever been able to deal with him. And that reminds me of this point, that crazy, toxic people, they don't even know that they're like that, some of them. Maybe their spouse and people around them know. But it's your job to take good care of them. And, you know, the second time around, they were actually fine. So I always think of that, that many times it's in the heat of the transaction. And it's just like, you know, you and I used to hate doing price reduction calls, right? And that's never a fun conversation. But then they'd always hug me at closing, right? Because why? We finally got it in contract. They closed. Everybody's happy. It's great. I mean, I you said something story after story about that. You said something a, a second ago, which is really important. I hope these guys picked it up. When you start meandering out of your centers of influence and past clients as your core business, which all of you will have to if you ever really want to grow your business, because that's a spoke on your wheel, but it cannot be your only spoke. So as you start to expand beyond your center of influence and past clients, you're going to start dealing with people that are just real estate clients. They're not people you know from church, synagogue, mosque, or you grew up with, or your aunt, or your whoever. So they're going to feel more... Uh, comfortable treating you like shit and that's called normal and for all the reasons that we're stating now not everybody don't misunderstand what we're saying and we're not saying you're supposed to be a human punching bag but what we are saying is they start seeing you more as a service provider and they have less of an emotional attachment from you to you from all the you know usual reasons that people you know centers of influence past client type attachments you're going to get more of an unfiltered version of them. You're going to get the truest version of them, good, bad, and ugly. And it is what it is, guys. So you need to understand that as you start growing your business, if you go from like a lot of you are just doing centers of influence and past client stuff, you guys will maybe get to 10, maybe 20 deals a year. Then you say, this isn't good enough, and I want to go beyond that. Then you're going to have to start expanding and doing more proactive lead generation and other sources of business. By the way, don't make the mistake of thinking you're supposed to buy your business. You're not ever. So as you grow out uh, beyond your immediate centers of influence and past clients, expect you expect them to be a little bit rougher with you. Expect them to be more demanding of you. Expect them to be less respectful of you initially. And then like Julie's been expressing to you, they come around. Don't allow, like some of you guys have been centers of influence and past clients heavy for a long time. And then as soon as you basically picked up one that was, you know, not one of those things and it was not as easy of an experience, you then write off going out after business that's not center of influence of past clients. Sure. In other words, you essentially go back to basically living in your little cave of just centers of influence and past clients. 
And just because you had this one experience required, you have a higher skill set with dealing with other people's emotions, right? So that's the type of thinking that you have to have if you want to grow your business. You have to get better skills wise, but you also have to get better with your ability to manage other people's emotions or manage your own emotions and how you react to them. That's the, you know, that's the stoic philosophy, right? We live in a chaotic world where you cannot control what's around you. You cannot control what's happening when it's happening, but you can at least have some resemblance of control over how you're going to react to those things that are happening around you. Next point, Julie. Well, so our conclusion plays right into that. You can't pre-qualify toxic people completely out of your life and business. And to your point, Tim, if you try to do that and you overdo that and you do things like, oh, I only work with referrals and I only work with people I know or I only work with my own personality style, well, you're going to make a lot less money because you'll be helping a lot fewer people. So you can't pre-qualify toxic people totally out of your life and business, but you can take steps to minimize the times you deal with them as well as how you deal with them. You can learn from the experiences and be inspired to generate more business so that you have to tolerate less toxic prospects. The secret to this is to increase your skill set to protect your mindset. Your family, your bank account, your heart, your soul will thank you. Take control so you don't lose control. That's my conclusion so that they can take these points and not just say, well, that was a, a fun and interesting podcast. I want you to take each of these items and really be introspective and say, you know, what am I actually doing to take control of this? And for many of our listeners, Tim, I think that they probably are in the thick of some of these situations right now as they're listening and can take actions to deal with today's toxic du jour. <laughs> so that's my talk about toxic strategies. Back to you. So guys, the, the stresses of real estate are omnipresent no matter what's going on in the market. Don't think that uh, it's just uh, emblematic of this particular market. It's not. It's every market. It just is what it is. It's the nature of it. Yeah, different flavors. I remember when Julie and I were selling real estate and I remember we had, it was our like first or second year in the business. And I remember we had just this real crazy son of a bitch type client. You know, if you haven't had one yet, you'll have like a hundred in your career, assuming you stick it out and you don't let these people beat you into the ground. I remember we went to our broker, Rory, and we asked him, Rory, this person crazy, 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 told him the whole thing. And Rory goes, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> Rory talked really fast. I'll try to sound like Rory. You've heard of Nordstrom's, right? And I said, yeah, well, we've been there a couple of times. He goes, well, so what is Nordstrom's known for? And I said, well, I have no idea. He said, they're known for service. They're known for excellent service. They do a good job. You walk in there, they know your name. You're assigned a salesperson. They have all your kids' birthdays, your dog's birthdays. They know your dog's shoe size. You get the point? They're known for service. I'm like, okay, okay. He goes, I bet you, this is Rory, at Nordstrom's, every 100th client walks in, every 100th person that walks in is an absolutely unhinged, crazy lunatic but no matter how good of a job Nordstrom's, who has basically perfected the art of high, uh, providing high level of service, that they can't deal with that person. What makes you think you're going to do any different? <laughs> so I thought it was funny. Then he said, for every, you know, I don't remember his exact ratio, but it was something like for every 25 normal clients, you're going to get somebody who's a grenade with a pin pulled, you know, and yeah. it's worked out that way in everything. And, you know, that's been such good experience for Julie and I in forming all the businesses, True. businesses we've invested in. You know, everything. It's yours. It's a certain ratio. Now, you might be on the, you might be five to one. You might get one jerk for every five. But look, it's not always that way. It changes. It's just the nature of people. Some people are just a little, you know, let's just say nuts. 
You know, well, some of them are know, sociopaths. This is the same people, though, Tim. This is not a, a symptom of real estate. These are the people who cut you off on the freeway. These are the people who don't sit down when the plane's ready to take off. These are the people yeah. who ditch you at the grocery store and then proceed to give the cashier like 40,000 coupons so you have to stand in line even longer, right? It's the same person. It's not because of you. It's not because of real estate. These people just exist. And you have to really kind of feel sorry for them because what's gone in, on in their life that they're comfortable acting that way out in the wild in society where they can, you know, pollute everybody's mindset? You have to turn it around and have that compassion. Otherwise, you will become one of them. So just have to be careful with that. What's the saying? If you want to eat with the classes, you have to deal with the masses, something like that. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Sam Walton, by the way. Nice quote there, lady. So listen, guys, if you need us for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. If you've not yet had your free coaching call, we are caught up. You can get a call within two or three days or maybe even same day. Just go to FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com. And when you do, you're going to get six free books including the one we refer to all the time, Real Estate Treasure Map. Make sure you grab that book. Guys, if there's anything we can ever do for you, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>